Hi guys. Hi. Welcome to Cast. I'm Tyler. And I'm Candice. Hooray. Uh, so, anime news today. Got a few things. Got a few things. Uh, so, <clears throat> the the anime studio that did uh, Iki Tosen, Elf and Lead, uh, the studio's name is Arms, declared bankruptcy. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if they're going to be able to continue producing anything, mm-hmm. or if they're just bankrupt and, you know, calling it quits, because with businesses, it's... It's hard to tell. Like, yeah, I mean, like, DreamWorks has filed for bankruptcy more times than I can imagine. Yeah. So. So, yeah, there's there's that. That, that kind of sucks, so. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, another thing is, if you were ever looking forward to going to the Sega arcade in Akihabara, go soon, because it's closing on the 30th. Oof. Yeah. I'm also aware that the One Piece Museum is closing as well. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I do not have a date on that one, but... All right. Yeah, I I had heard about that from one of my friends who has desperately wanted to go to that museum for a long time, and now he... This is, like, his last chance, and he can't go to Japan because of all of this nonsense, so. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And you said you had one thing? Yeah, so this one's... I'm gonna claim it's anime news, because I said so. Uh, And that is my favorite uh, anime stage play actor. Just celebrated his five-year acting debut anniversary last Monday, and that is Arisawa Shotaro. All right. Yeah, so congratulations to him. Uh, good five years. He's went that's, from, that's, like... That's cool. Yeah, he how went... Long's, how long has he been doing the, the stage plays? Uh, that was his debut. Oh, that so. was his debut. It was yeah. five years. Uh, he His first acting role was uh, Kunimi in Haikyuu, like, immediately after high school. Okay. So. Yeah, that's... That's a good five years, going from Kunimi to, like, basically being, like, in his own TV show. That's, mm-hmm. that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, so I got two more. One just popped up, and I was like, okay, I have to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Well, not talk, but I'm going to mention it. Uh, the the creators behind Harukana Receive uh, are launching a manga about pole dancing. <laughs> You know, I love pole dancing, actually. It's neat. Uh, yeah, I, I feel a lot of people mistake it for being, like, inherently sexual, and it doesn't have to be. Yeah, I think you could look at gymnastics the exact same way, and nobody ever, like, is like, man, I'm hitting up the strip clubs, go watch those gymnasts. Right? <laughs> uh, so, the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, Shizuka Furuya. Uh, she is actually returning... To voice acting mm-hmm. after five years from like she was she was in an accident that paralyzed her so now she's she's actually returning to voice acting again oh congratulations she's, she's done things like uh she was one of the voices in nichi joe mm-hmm. if anyone's seen it so con- congrats to her for you know getting the courage to get back to it yeah lots of uh acting updates so that's, yeah that's really cool 
So yeah, with that, uh, we're a little bit late coming into this topic because it's been covered by a lot of people already, but we didn't get the chance to watch the show until like the last couple days. Mm-hmm. Me today, specifically. <laughs> Me uh, like two and three days ago. Yeah. So I binged the whole thing today. And so we know that people are probably already sick of hearing about this anime, especially if you follow other anti-tubers or podcasts. But we're going to talk about it anyway, because it's one that I knew that I'd want to review when I first heard about it. So, And that is Japan Sinks. Japan Sinks. 2020. Yeah. So the 2020 in the whole thing makes me believe that the concept for this probably came out a while ago. Uh, so I imagine that they, they just rushed this anime because they looked at all the other shit that's happening in 2020 and they're like, you know what? We can make it worse. I think it's the opposite. I think that they've had this concept like, and it's been in production for a while and they were like, man, we're going to drop this like during the Tokyo Olympics. And everybody's going to be blown away by this, like, absolute disaster anime and just be like, oh, God, could you imagine if that actually happened? Oh, God. Oh, what the fuck? How did this happen? Yeah, but they were met with the unfortunate circumstance that reality is stranger <laughs> than fiction. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's my theory on, a, on it. We didn't look into any of the behind the scenes on this. That That's just my two cents. I didn't even, like, wiki to see when... The production of this started or if it's based on a manga or anything i know it's not based off of a manga <clears throat> okay i know this is an original series okay but yeah i i really do think that uh yuasa was just like man i'm just gonna like really just hit the olympics running with this concept especially because the olympics are like a reoccurring theme in the series so yeah and who knew the Olympics were going to be postponed anyway, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, everything's postponed. So, yeah, I, this, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, the same thing happened with Haikyuu with the ending of their manga. It was supposed to line up with the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, and then the writer had to be like, well, I guess the Olympics are happening in 2021. I guess this is a thing. Yeah. So yeah. Which really, really sucks because he, he didn't want to try dragging it out for another year. I don't think he could have, <laughs> to be honest. At least he couldn't have kept it interesting. He would have just had to do a few filler matches, and okay, it would have lost a lot of that cinematic or thematic and s- cinematic beauty that it had. But yeah, so Tokyo or Japan sinks twenty twenty. Honestly, like. I know that a lot of people have done reviews about this. Some of the reviews have been really positive. Some of them have been not so positive. I have not watched or listened to any of those reviews because I really wanted to go into the series completely blind. I will go back and watch and listen to those because I want to support those creators. But I I genuinely avoided the internet's opinion of this series the entire time because I wanted this episode to be very, very much like what I thought Mm -hmm. after finishing it. So, and I've had kind of an afternoon to let it all sink in, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> intend your puns! <laughs> but, uh, 
First, I kind of want to hear your thoughts. So, interesting thing is that you watched it in English. I, I watched it in English. Um, I It was basically like I came home from work and it's like, okay, I, I need to watch this so we can talk about it. And I just wasn't filling up to reading subtitles. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, I'll just do it in English. I'm sure it can't be that bad. Yeah. And then my take on it was I watched the first half of the first episode in English. And after that, I was like, I was not feeling the acting in it at all. I was like, I just, I I don't like these voices. I know Netflix has used these actors before, and I've heard them in other anime on Netflix before. And I, I don't even think it's necessarily the actors. It just, it didn't really fit for me, and I was not enjoying it. And then I found out, one of the characters in the first episode is bilingual, and I'm like, it's not reading as bilingual very well, because it, the whole thing's in English. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just gonna switch it over to Japanese really fast, and I'm like, suddenly the voices just fit a bit better, the bilingual thing made more sense, and it felt like a Japanese kid actually speaking English, because he's the anti-weeb. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's the the exact opposite of a weeb he wishes he wasn't japanese yeah uh so it it really does it it is a weird translation thing with english like mm-hmm. at one point you know the the kid is talking with the one old man in the series and like mm-hmm. the old man is like speak your own language or like he says something along the lines like yeah. you're japanese yeah you're japanese stop speaking foreign languages you know yeah. and and uh, you, in english because they're all rude talking in English mm-hmm. it's like it, it doesn't translate well at all yeah I I do find that anime with language barriers tend to be kind of weird like I mentioned this with banana fish as well because uh, banana fish the entire series is implied to be in English except for Aichi who is it's implied that he goes back and forth between English and Japanese because his English isn't very good but since the entire series is in Japanese, that doesn't translate. And then when he's teaching Ash how to speak Japanese, the whole scene just feels super weird because then Ash's actor has to pretend like he can't speak Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's actually really kind of funny mm-hmm. hearing uh, like Japanese people in anime speak english mm-hmm. uh like i watched one series no judgment by the way no no, no judgment at whatsoever we can't because speak we, japanese <laughs> yeah but it's just it's so funny because like they'll they'll be saying these these like you know english phrases and everything and and it just it sounds so off and so awkward yeah two series in particular where that really stands out for me was free because rin goes to australia to train for the Olympics and all of the characters there are speaking English because they're Australian and he's trying to speak English because yeah, but Australian isn't real English <laughs> but they don't sound like Australians they sound like Japanese people trying to speak English yeah and you could tell that they don't know what they're saying they're just reading a script because like the way that they're saying these things just it doesn't infer that language very well mm-hmm. and it's fine for rin because rin is supposed to be the bilingual one where english is his second language and so his acting actually translates really well but the other characters who are supposed to be native 
they just they sound so out of place and the other anime where that kind of falls into was Devilman Crybaby's Japanese version where uh, Ryo is supposed to be giving an announcement to the entire world and it implies that he spent a long time living outside Japan and speaks fluent languages in like almost every country and he's speaking English because it's the most common language but again it doesn't sound like he knows how to speak English it sounds like he's reading a script that's in English yeah and you kind of get that with this series as well, because I do think that uh, Ryo's Japanese actor also did the voice of Kite in this uh, anime. Yeah. And he also like does that thing where he breaks out into English, but this one I could forgive a little bit more because they are Japanese characters who are bilingual, but are mostly just saying like English phrases, like, that's cool. and yeah. Uh, They're not really speaking full sentences or speaking it fluently. They're just saying phrases to sound like the anti-weebs. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I have to ask because, like I said, I watched in English. Did uh, Daniel speak English most of the time? Uh, he actually did have mostly English phrases. He sounded like... I think his actor actually does speak a little bit of English because he still had that Japanese accent. But you could tell that, like, he understood English a bit more. And, like, it still sounded a little bit weird because you could still tell the actor is Japanese. But he sounded more like somebody who grew up outside of Japan but took his time learning Japanese so he could speak with, you know, the locals and not be that asshole speaking English to Japanese people. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah, you could tell the actor is Japanese, but it's like... You could tell that they were very careful about how they casted him. Okay. Uh, same with the mom. Yeah, the mom. Because she would have a few English phrases, and you could tell that, like, she her English phrases actually sounded like she knows what she was saying. Okay. So, where, like, the kid and Kite were just, like, slang words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hip YouTube shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So in the dub, none of that happens. It's all, it's it's a kind of a poor localization. Yeah. So I would recommend if you are watching this, do watch it in Japanese. It just fits so much better. And since the series really is all about appreciating Japan, I do think there is a little bit of like ground to say that this is something a respect thing. Like, I, I hear that all the time where people are like, you should only watch Japanese or anime in Japanese because it's respectful to Japan. And most of the time I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like, nobody <laughs> right? gives a shit. But since this is a series that's supposed to be about Japan and it's supposed to, like, be... It, it's basically an ode to what would happen if we lost this country. I do think there is a little bit more respect in it. Yeah. So... I'm not saying you dubbers are bad people. I'm just saying this is a series that just put a little bit more effort into it. So. Learn to read, assholes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> if I'm judging anybody, it's Tyler. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's valid. Yeah. <laughs> but normally I don't mind dubs. Like, I think Devilman Crybaby's dub was a bit better. 
And uh, like I said, it had a lot of the same actors in it. So mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here being like, man, the acting was just shit. Because <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, it was kind of shit in the dub. Yeah. At times. At other times, it was fine. And it's, Yeah. Yeah, I do think the English cast and the Japanese cast, I think they did recycle both casts for both these shows. So if you guys have not, or did not know this before, the director of this series is the same director as Devilman Crybaby. So there is going to be a lot of comparison between these two things because there's, similar to like Weathering You or Weathering with with you, You and Your Name, it's just natural that people want to make these comparisons. Yeah. And for me, I feel like if the biggest complaint about Devilman Crybaby was its ending, I think that is the strongest part of Japan Sinks 2020. Yes, uh, absolutely, 100%. Um, I actually liked the ending. I loved the ending. Uh, as a whole, not a fan. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit torn. Because I feel like there are parts where I'm like, I really like the direction they took with this series. And then there's other parts where I'm just like, I don't I don't know why this is in here. I don't get what they were doing with this. I don't, I'm not feeling it. But the ending was brilliant. Yeah. I thought the ending might have been one of the best endings I've seen in anime in a while. Especially because there's not a lot of anime that have ended recently. <laughs> a lot of them are continuing. <laughs> yeah. So to have a series that, feels like it there's a good payoff for sitting through the whole thing and feeling like everything just came together and made you understand why you had to go through this journey was very very rewarding i would almost i would rather watch a mediocre series that pulls it all together in the end than watch something that's absolutely brilliant but just falls apart Mm -hmm. and I, I think that's where most people stand with Devilman Crybaby. I didn't think Devilman Crybaby's ending was that bad. But it wasn't good. <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah. This is the opposite. I felt like the whole show was interesting, and then the ending was brilliant. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. So, let's talk about kind of what the plot is. And from this point on, we are going to be covering a bit of heavy spoilers I do recommend going into this series completely blind like we did if you haven't already been spoiled. So if this is something you guys have been eyeing or you're interested in, just know that immediately this is our suggestion to go watch it. And I don't know exactly what Tyler's stance is on a recommendation, but for me, like I said, I do think that the ending does pull the whole thing together. And with it only being 10 episodes long, it's really not too hard of a binge. I do think it's worth spending an afternoon sitting down and watching this anime. I don't necessarily think everybody's going to like it. Uh, yeah. But... So so from here on out, uh, if, if you're okay with spoilers, stay tuned. Yeah, and I'll explain, like, from here on out, I'm going to explain more of what I mean. But if you are curious about it, it's worth the binge, in my opinion. I can't guarantee it's something you're going to like or something you're going to praise. But go watch it, and then come back, and then you can listen to what our thoughts are about it. Yeah. Because I think that's going to be just as interesting. Not so, to be biased, but... So, uh, you you mentioned uh, binging it, and honestly, I couldn't. Yeah? I couldn't. I, I watched, like, the first four episodes on Monday, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I just... Uh, 
it's it's not keeping me interested. Mm-hmm. I'll just finish it tomorrow. And then I I did finish the the last six episodes on Tuesday. That is funny because I actually felt no <coughs> issues binge watching it. To be honest, yeah, like. Maybe it's because I had a more strict deadline. Because there were times that I would, like, be like, okay, what episode am I on? Like, I would actually stop, like, the playlist to go back to end of Netflix's menu and be like, okay, what, how many episodes of this do I have left? I did that, that I did that more than once, I will admit. That was, and, and that was part of the thing. For, for me, it felt like the episodes just, they didn't feel like 30-minute episodes. They really didn't. They, like, sometimes they felt really long, and they, other times they felt really short. They just, to me, they felt really long. Every episode felt like it was the same length as an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Like, they were all <laughs> that 43-minute episode that fit into an hour time slot on TV. And it just, to me, it dragged on. Yeah, I I felt that with some episodes, but then others I would be like, Oh shit! And then the credits would roll. I'm like, was that what? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the pacing of the series is really weird. I don't think it's as weird as like Dora Hidoro's pacing was, but Dora Hidoro was an easy binge. Yeah. I will admit this one's not an easy binge. I think it's a worthy binge, but I don't think it's an easy binge. So what the premise of this story is is basically. What it says in the title, you get what you pay for. <laughs> Japan sinks in two thousand and twenty. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so so it's the the reason behind it is it's a uh, I don't know if it's a, an actual made up theory that they came up with for the anime mm-hmm. or if it's like an, a legitimate thing, but but basically it's there's a large uh, pool of magma under mount fuji that basically covers up you know like covers under japan and keeps it afloat Mm -hmm. and the idea is that fuji is gonna you know explode and all that magma is gonna come out and then all japan just sinks because empty space yeah and this theory (laughs) sounds very fake so i want to say it was made up for the anime but there are worse theories out there that definitely were not made up. <laughs> yeah. That were like legitimate scientific theories. So it is possible that this is a real theory. But it it sounds just absolutely like it, 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 does, it sounds like an anime premise. It, is what it, it sounds, sounds like, like B grade sci fi movie mm-hmm. science. So the whole thing starts with massive amounts of earthquakes all over Japan, ranging anywhere from like. A 5 to a 7 on the Richter scale. And then immediately followed by an earthquake that is beyond the Richter scale. And basically just, like, completely flattens all of Japan in just one go. Yeah, it just, like, completely changes the topography. Yeah. And then they people start noticing that everything is flooding. And that there's tsunamis. And that nothing is behaving correctly and that the actual land is tilting so yeah they they realize they're gonna have to find higher ground and then they start seeing more and more videos pop up saying japan is sinking hey check this out okinawa sank yeah i can't remember if it was okinawa i think it was the first i think so but yeah so the majority of the series is based on this idea of survival it's your basic post-apocalyptic 
stick together and we'll make it through this type survival story. And uh, I think my impressions of it at first were going to be that typical, like, humans are the real bad guys kind of storytelling. Yeah, that actually doesn't come up a lot in this show. It barely comes up at all, to be honest. Yeah, it really does. It really avoids that trope as much as possible, which I actually appreciate. And I actually thought that that was kind of a smart move because, one, it's very, very overdone. And two, it really wouldn't have added a lot to the theme of the story. Where most survival shows like The Walking Dead or Castaway or other things like that are really about this idea of learning to let go of the things that you lose and move forward and constantly be looking on. Japan Sings 2020 is kind of about that. But ultimately the theme is to remember the things that you lost and to hold those things close to you even if they're gone and it's to appreciate the things that you had and like it's okay to be sad but it's wrong to just move forward blindly Mm -hmm. and i've never really seen a survival series or movie or anything kind of cover that topic which is why i really liked this series like i think of walking dead and i None of the characters in, like, season three of The Walking Dead are even thinking about the characters who died in season one. Like, one of the characters loses her goddamn daughter, and it's, like, the entire premise of the entire second season is that they're looking for her daughter. Well, forget that, bitch. And then two seasons later, she's like, I had a daughter? (laughs) Like, and even if it's, like, somebody does mention it, like, oh, she used to be a mom. She's like, yeah, but that's in the past, you know, and... It's, I used to be a mom. I used to be Now a mom. I'm a zombie hunter. Yeah, now I'm a badass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and same with, like, that was kind of the entire premise of Castaway as well, where Tom Hanks' character spends the entire time on the island thinking, I'm going to get back to, you know, my fiance, the woman I was going to marry. And then he comes home and finds and out that gets she... back and she's already remarried because yeah. he's been gone for what seven years or something yeah so the entire premise is that he was con he got off the island because he was always looking forward and now that the girl he loved has already moved on with her life and has already been through the mourning process he can't look back anymore he just has to look forward yeah and like i said that's kind of the opposite message of what japan sings 2020 is where it's just like you need those people that were in your past. You need those bad moments. You need to acknowledge everything that you went through. And you need to accept the losses as a new part of you. How how would insurance work with Castaway? <laughs> like, like, she obviously collected life insurance. <laughs> What happens when he just appears seven years later? Like, wor- does, like, the collection agency just knock on a door and be like, we're gonna need that $750,000 back? He worked for FedEx. There was no life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's settled. Now we can move on. He was lucky he had health insurance. <laughs> His health insurance was an ice skate. 
That was his dental plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, if I had any, like, major critiques that are just absolutely negative about this show, the one, the first one, is that the deaths feel very predictable and feel very quick. The deaths are very predictable. Um, yes. I, I'm going to say, and and this is my personal critique, uh, 90% of the bad shit that happened to this family could have been avoided. Oh, absolutely. Could have easily been avoided. Absolutely. Like, like the main girl getting the, the scratch on her ankle and just... Letting it get infected. Yeah, no, she could have told somebody like, "Hey, can somebody clean out my you, wound?" You would have think thought that at, you know after the first few times that they catch her stumble or something, they would have said, "Hey, are you okay?" And mm-hmm. she'd have been like, "Oh, it's just a scratch." And someone else would have been like, "Well, let's take a look at it." Yeah, you know, uh, the dad digging for yams could have been avoided. If he just read more than one sign. Not just that, but as he's digging, I swear to God, it looked like he was digging down six feet. (laughs) Yams don't grow six feet under the ground. Yeah. Okay? Like, that's just not how vegetables work, dude. (laughs) Yeah, no, he was down there pretty deep. It was above his head, so yeah. It was at least six feet down. Everything could have been avoided. Yeah. And the rope trying to... Oh, Um, yeah. On the boat. We don't have anything that can cut a rope. Like, make something. You're not in a hurry, you know? Wasn't there shrapnel, too? Like, all over the place? There was... You could have found something sharp. Like, like I said, you weren't in a hurry. You could have taken a little bit of time to, you know, like, grind down a rope. Yeah. (sighs) I... The... The one that bothered me the most was actually the runner... Because I'm, maybe I'm just dumb, but I don't even know what he died for. He died for, like, the internal hard drive. Yeah. Which I guess told people that Japan would rise again. But, like, they saved the scientist's life who should have known that information. Right? Like, he had that information. He knew Morse code. He could convey it in some way. Yeah, like... Yeah, he was paralyzed, but his brain was still working and he was healthy. They almost killed him, too, trying to get that. <laughs> right? Uh, I I don't understand why he was in the show. The For, runner? No. The, oh, the scientist. The scientist. Like, yeah. I understand that, like, he played an important role, but, like, they introduced him just... Just, like... In the weirdest way, you yeah. know, like he was just, they go to the, the cult place, mm-hmm. you know, let's face it, it was a cult. It was a cult. <laughs> they go to the cult place and he's just, he just happens to be in their hospital. Yeah. Like it doesn't explain how he got there or anything. It's just, oh, here's a guy. And the, the main girl is like, I'll take care of him. Well, she was assigned to take care of him. Okay. Because everybody had to do a job <laughs> or go to school. But it just, it was just weird. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. That was, that's my thing about him, though, is, is like, it just, 
there wasn't any explanation as to why he was there. Yeah. Or why he was paralyzed or anything like that. He just shows up. Yeah, and then they're just like, we're going to drag this paralyzed guy around the entire country. <laughs> right? Uh, so that brings up my second major complaint about this series, though. And that was the cult arc. This arc contributed nothing to the story. N- nothing. Like, other than introducing the scientist. Yeah. That's it. It introduced Daniel. But then Daniel fucks off. Like. <laughs> He's just like, guys, I know this place is going to sink, but I'm going to stay here and but die. But I belong here. I belong here. Yeah. Daniel was creepy. He was so creepy and yeah. weird. Yeah. And then, like, the main character telling her mom, she's like, oh, you want to get with him because dad's dead. And I'm like. Does she? Like, <laughs> like the mom's reaction to that is just fantastic too. Where she's just basically like, "Grow up," and I'm like, "That would have been my reaction too." Like, grow the fuck up. Like, right? Like, there's a difference between being friendly and wanting to sleep with every man you meet. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, so honestly, at first, I thought the girl was sort of a you know realistic character because you know you you're in your your locker room when the huge earthquake hits yeah you know and you you look around you realize i'm i'm okay and there's like a a locker falling on one of your teammates and they're bleeding out and Mm -hmm. you would freak out that's a legitimate thing i would i can understand why she would run away from that instead of being like, oh, yeah, let me help you. Let's make sure everyone's okay. Like, I can understand why she would run. Yeah. And then she does freak out about it later. Understandable. Yeah. And then later she goes off on weird random bullshit things. like Yeah, like she gets jealous because, <laughs> like, the other girl, like, gives the guy she has a crush on or whatever glasses. and Yeah. Also, that was another unnecessary death. Was that girl. Because she was a badass. She was an absolute badass. She was a survivalist. And she clearly, like, had trained and had, you know, exercised and spent some time in the wilderness. And there was never a point where she thought to look down before she peed. Like. I will defend that one. Okay. Because that scene happened. And... It was, honestly, my my thought immediately went to, like, oh, I learned about this with uh, Senku. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking... Yeah, that was my first thought, too, was Dr. Stone. <laughs> Dr. Stone. I learned about this. So I will defend that death because uh, I don't think she realized that there was poison gas. Oh, well, I can understand not understanding there was poison gas, but there was a shit ton of dead animals. It wasn't just, like, one dead bird. There was, like, six dead birds, all of different species. There's, there's like, six dead birds, a raccoon, five deer. Yeah, it was, like, okay, there's a swallow and a duck and a dove and a bat. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's not like a swarm of birds. I know. I'm going to sw- follow this trail of dead animals and pee in that bush. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they didn't die from peeing. Yeah. <laughs> You have a point. 
understand not knowing there was poison gas. And I even liked the whole premise that sometimes, like, the unexpected could just instantly kill somebody and that there's just nothing you could do. And the whole point of her character death wasn't so much to just kill somebody off, but to show the real threat that somebody could be there one moment and gone the next. But at the same time, look before you leave. Fuck. Or look before you pee in this case. Yeah, like, shit. So, like, from a storytelling perspective, yes, it was a very essential character death. And I think the biggest complaint people are going to have is that characters are just being killed off for shock value, and they're not. All of the character deaths are important. Avoidable, but important. But, yeah, like, I just... Except for the one guy, the runner. His death did nothing! (laughs) Got the hard drive! Yeah, and then Kite is just like, Stop swimming in the ocean, you dumbass! Come out here so I can tell you that you suck! And. I'm not gonna lie, I low key shipped him and Kite. Like. <laughs> I actually like Kite. Yeah, I like Kite too. I like the runner guy too! I like the runner guy. Yeah, I like them both. Everyone that wasn't part of the main family, I liked. <laughs> All of the family members were shit! Yeah. I liked the mom. Okay. The mom, the mom was good. Yeah. The dad was good. The kids were shit. The kids, yeah, they're... I do like the fact that, like, the very first episode, the kid, like, he's just gaming by himself. By the way, they had a shit ton of glass in their house. Like, so he bangs his head against, like, the fucking cabinet or some shit, I don't remember, and it cuts his eyelid, and his dad is just like... Oh, yep, that's my son, the nerdy gamer who knows how to close his eyes before he loses an eyeball. Ha ha. And then they staple his eyelid closed in place of stitches. Yeah. I also like the kid is just like, stop, that fucking hurts. (laughs) And the dad's like, yeah, it looks like a piercing, it's fine. You'll be fine. Two staples in his eyebrow. Seriously, any, like, the kid is just like, ow, God, Dad, stop, that hurt, don't do that. And it's like, any other child in that situation would be screaming and throwing a tantrum. Right? Like, I know I would have been at that age. Uh, I mean, his options were either staples or super glue, so... Super glue would have stung like a bitch. Oh, absolutely. But at least you wouldn't have been getting stabbed near the eye socket. So. Yeah. I, I don't know which one was worse, to be honest. The staples, I think, is the, uh, like, quick solution. Yeah. But, yeah, so... I, I don't know how good that is if you ever cut your eyelid and don't have time to go to the hospital. I don't know if Staples is really the best solution. We do not endorse it, but it's the choice they went with. Mm-hmm. So. Where'd they get the Staples? Because medical Staples are entirely different than, like, paper Staples. Uh, it was from his toolkit because he was setting up the lights. So it was just like a, a regular staple gun? Yeah, it was a regular staple gun. Just He basically just stapled, put staples in his kid's forehead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I said, we not, don't endorse it. Not, not touching that. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Yeah, like it was literally just a staple gun from his toolkit. Oh my god. <laughs> the world is ending, Tyler. I mean, you, you do what you gotta do, but oh my god. <laughs> The op- the other option was just let his child get infected, you know, because one of his kids wasn't already suffering from that bullshit. Right. So. 
There's another thing. Like, she could have just been like, oh, by the way, while you're stapling his forehead, you want to get my ankle? Right? (laughs) Everything could have been avoided. (laughs) So, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the cult arc, though, because this is really the part of the series that... I think that they could have just completely removed this part of the series and it would not have changed anything. Mm-hmm. Because, one, I don't understand the point of the mother and the kid. Like, my first impression of this arc was going to be like, oh my god, these people are psychopaths and they're actually going to hinder the family and are going to be the new threat. But they weren't. That's what I thought. Like, yeah. I was like, like they they first go to the go to the the facility, you know, and and they're just like, oh yeah, you can you can stay here for a while, and we're not gonna ask you to do work, but if you want to, you're welcome, and and like blah blah blah. And by the way, this woman's a medium who can speak to ki- dead people. And she only chooses three people a day. Three people a day. Yeah, and I kind of understand the point of there being a cult in this situation because I really liked the idea that the survivors were so ridden with survivor's guilt that anybody telling them that their family is speaking to them and telling them that what they the decisions they made were either good or bad <clears throat> is a sense of comfort in a time where people are literally losing hope. And are on the verge of just letting themselves die. I I understand the cult. Yeah. It it seems like they were there for a while. Like, obviously, before Japan started sinking. And and I can understand why people would go there for for comfort and, and whatnot. Yeah. You know, and like you said, I was expecting this cult to become the the big obstacle in the in the series because yeah. i was ex- i was expecting them to be like oh by the way now that you're here you're gonna be one of us one of us yeah you know? exactly <laughs> but they weren't they were actually like a really well-built community that took care of each other and were high off their ass all the time all the time they put weed in their food <laughs> and they were actually a really good community, and supposedly this woman built the entire community just so that way this child who was incapable of talking would just have a place to be, and this guy was just so madly in love with this woman's devotion for this child that he's just like, yes, I will follow you to the end of the earth and have sex with you whenever you feel like. Uh, I mean, 90% of the time, that is what, what creates cults is... One guy just wants to bone a lot of chicks. Yeah. He didn't even want to bone a lot of chicks, just her specifically. <laughs> like, they could have just had a family. <laughs> they could have just adopted the kid. Yeah. But, yeah, so... I mean, you know, some people get married and adopt a child. Some people start a cult, you know? Like, <laughs> different lifestyles, okay? Like, don't judge. Yeah, and I think that this whole concept of the cult actually has something that's interesting to it. Uh, for example, like they base their entire faith off of the uh, Japanese practice where if something's broken, you fix it. And that the cracks and the faults in it are even more beautiful than the original and now hold meaning. 
And that tied really well into the themes of Japan Sinks, where a lot of what's being broken is needing to be pieced back together, and that's what they're doing for their survivors. And I liked that metaphor, and I liked that concept, and it shows this very, very important part of Japanese culture that is relevant, and I think that this whole cult arc had so much potential for this story, and get you know conveying the message but then it just is fucking weird and then it doesn't do anything it's just weird and it doesn't go anywhere and yeah and for some reason the cult has like a vault full of gold well that's what they use to repair stuff yeah but then apparently it's revealed that some people only joined this cult so they could try to steal the gold and then everybody gets caught up, like, trying to shoot each other over they, it. Yeah, everyone's there to steal the gold, and so they all shoot each other. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, it's like, it was just so fucking haphazardly handled. I'm like, I just... There's two things that could have fixed this. Either give it one extra episode to polish this arc out. Get rid of the gold fucking subplot. Get rid of the weird... This child can't talk, so I'll give him a place to belong. Even if they'd been like, this child is broken, I need to fix him, would have fit more into the theme of fixing uh, things that hey, are broken. let's fix things, these things that are broken. Yeah. And, like I said, it had so much potential. Give us an explanation for why the scientist is there. It could have just been as simple as we found him, or somebody brought him to us, and he was injured. Yeah. Could have been really simple. It could have just shown a chart on the bed that the audience just then had to figure out themselves. That's fine. It would have been something. Yeah, no, it's just it's just him trying to convey his thoughts through blinking and tapping with his <coughs> thumb. Yeah, which he's apparently been doing for a while since he scratched the paint off the bed. And it's just like, there was just so much missing from this arc. Also, there's little things that just bother me is like from a storytelling and an animation perspective was the kid going to get the butcher knife and it's supposed to like add all this tension because now this small child's running around with a fucking butcher knife and then he like... What do you got there? A knife! No! <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> but then he like sees the chef who's the former sumo wrestler and he's like being crushed by like the next earthquake and he's like look i got the butcher knife and my first thought was no don't fucking do that do not point a knife at somebody during an earthquake child and then you see like the sumo wrestler protect the child and you hear that sound like that sound of like a blade cutting into meat but then he's fine Like, it implies that he died in that moment, and then, like, the next scene, he's just sitting there with, like, burns down his body and his head's bleeding from the thing crushing him, and he's just like, I'm gonna stay here and die because I'm part of this cult. He was fine! The The, the butcher knife didn't do anything! The the sumo guy? Yeah. The chef? Yeah. No, he he died because there was, like, rubble that fell or whatever, and and he, he, like... Over the kid, like, he, he well, that's what protected I the kid. That's what I thought, but then he's in a scene later. No, that was a different guy, wasn't Are you it? sure? Because yeah, he I... had the burn marks from the soup spilling on him, and he had the concussion from the rubble, and he was the only fat character in the entire fucking arc. I thought that was the guy that was 
trying to steal the gold. No, the guy that's trying to steal the and gold. And I thought guy. I thought his face was just stained red from the blood that was running down his head. No, no, it was the sumo wrestler. I guarantee you. What the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> So the butcher knife had no purpose. His sacrifice had no purpose. Because at first I thought I was like, who the fuck is that? And then I'm like, is that the sumo wrestler? And I'm like, there's no way that's the sumo wrestler. And then I watched until the end of the scene. I'm like, that was the fucking sumo wrestler. See, there was another thing. Like the sumo wrestler, the kid was just (sighs) tormenting him. I'm okay with that because the kid is kind of a prick. And I'm okay with the idea of the kid continually being a prick to the guy telling him to eat his vegetables. But, because he's a kid. Yeah, he's a kid, but still, the the, the guy, the chef was nice. Yeah, the chef was nice. He was a nice guy, and And the kid was just mean to him for no reason. Well, and you do see the mother scold him for that, too. So, like, I didn't mind that, because I'm like, he's a stupid kid. He's a stupid kid who's never had to socialize with anybody outside of the internet. He's got one friend in Estonia. That's yeah. all he needs, okay? Yeah, literally. Like, he he's never even interacted with his family that much, aside from his mom. Like, it implies that he doesn't even, like, hang out with his dad that much. Or his sister. Yeah. He doesn't even go to school. Like, while everybody else is off doing their jobs and, like, practice and stuff like that, he was home by himself. Shut in neat. Yeah, so it's like, I don't, I'm not bothered by the fact that the kid was a prick, to another adult who's telling him to eat his vegetables. Especially when the adult tricked him into eating vegetables. Which he states earlier is the one thing that he doesn't like. Yeah. So I'm not bothered by that. Especially because the mom... I, I can understand that the kid would be upset at the chef for that. No, like I said, I'm perfectly okay with the kid like, being a dick about like, I'm, it. I'm okay with it. But, like, it just continues. Like, even after the mom is like, hey... Be nice. like. Well, have you ever seen a kid change his attitude just because his mom is like, hey, be nice? No, but still. So, like, like that doesn't bother me at all. Like, and the kid even does feel remorse about it by the end because he's just like, oh, he was just doing something good for me the whole time. And I like that he has that moment of realization too late. And I, I think that's good character writing, in my opinion. I think when bratty kids learn that they shouldn't be bratty... Because something bad happens is much better than them just being like, well, my mom says I have to be nice to you, so I guess I'm going to be nice to you. Fine. I'll eat my vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess. I still... I just still think the kid was... You don't have to like the kid. <laughs> way too obsessed with teasing him. Like... <coughs> Yeah, it was a bit heavy-handed, but he's a kid. Yeah. Kids are heavy-handed. Like, Kids are dumb. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I... So, probably the best thing that came out of this cult arc, though, straight up, was the old man drifting on the fucking wheelchair while shooting <laughs> a bow and arrow. Right? He's just, like, Tokyo drifting on this fucking, like, Walmart smart cart thing. Yeah. <laughs> one person like shoots at him and puts two bullets in the back of the chair i i think the bullets would have gone right through to be honest yeah whatever fantasy (laughs) i'm i'm just gonna say a wizard did it yeah i wish the old man's arc would have been more relevant as well 
Like, I liked his ending. I liked the fact that he chose to sacrifice himself and was basically like, you know, I'll, I'll explain it to the kid in the afterlife and... Yeah. Like the whole morphine thing being his last the, meal, and the, the old man. The old man had a good ending. I yeah. I will one hundred percent give him that. I felt Plus, like the whole him hallucinating the kid being his granddaughter though was kind of weird. And he, <laughs> I like that he was tripping balls as he went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you took four tablets of morphine, dude. You were. High as a kite. Also, the him trying to get the woman to speak to his granddaughter and hear her voice. Like, that felt, like, meaningless. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... And was he... For somehow he was, like, hallucinating that the medium kid was his grandchild, but at the same time he knew that that was the reason he was supposed to be there? That made no sense. Yeah. Yeah. I liked uh, the whole him losing the shop. I I liked the little robot dog thing. And I liked the fact that he was, like, super, like, discriminatory against, like, any foreign languages or foreign people. Like, he was very xenophobic. And I'm like, all around he was a great character and probably one of the better characters, honestly. I just, I felt like his whole tie-in with the cults was kind of weird. Yeah. Is it the cult arc was just nothing but missed potential. It had so much going for it. And it could have been one of the best arcs, but where it stands right now, it just derails the entire freaking series for no fucking reason. Yeah. But let's talk about the things that I do think were genuinely good about the series because I don't just want to rag on it because that's what a lot of people are doing. And I do think this series is worth at least watching. And one being the fact that this is a Yuasa work and Yuasa is kind of a crazy human being. And his work really reflects that. He made Ping Pong the animation, which was one is still one of his best works. He revitalized the Devilman fandom and... In my opinion, like, Devilman Crybaby is still one of the best anime out there because of how much it reaches and how much it pushes the boundaries. And that's just kind of how Yuasa is, and I think the series does the same thing, but it feels different because there's no cool badass soundtrack, and the Sakuga feels a lot more lacking, and everything feels a bit more ugly. But... What this series does really, really well, in my opinion, is that it really does make these struggles feel more genuine. The, Like I said, you could argue that the deaths are all for shock value, and they are absolutely avoidable, but hindsight's twenty twenty, and they were just stupid people. Alright. And it really paints this picture of just... Every time you get lucky with something, you also have to face the misfortune that comes with that. Because they get lucky a lot. They find this scientist who knows exactly what's happening with no rhyme or reason that they should have found him. They pull off some absolutely incredible, incredible shit. The kid gets shot in the heart with an arrow and survives because <laughs> his to toy... His, only to have his... PlayStation Portable save his fucking life. Yeah. The... Even things like the fact that cell phones still work, and this isn't like 
an absolute desolate wasteland. The fact that a boar shows up right when they need to eat. The fact that they find drinkable water as often as they do. The fact that she has the dream about the bird that saves their life when they're in the little floaty tent. Mm-hmm. They experience an insane amount of luck, and that's not even including the final moment that saves their life, which had so much, like, room for error and had to be the luckiest goddamn thing in the world. Everything about that had to go perfectly in order for them to even have a chance of surviving. And it all goes off without a hitch. But because of that, there's a lot of bad shit that happens to them. Things that shouldn't have happened. The poison gas. The mines. The the fact that Mount Fuji explodes immediately after they're saying Japan won't sink unless Mount Fuji explodes. Yeah. <laughs> My, how coincidental. <laughs> So this series is all about the two sides of the coin. The Every situation that they're in, every decision they make is a coin flip that's either going to work in their favor or be detrimental to them. And all of the bad stuff is avoidable, but all the good stuff is also is equally avoidable. And like I said, the point of this series isn't to accept your losses... And move on. The point of this series is to keep following the path that all of these losses has carved for you. And to keep going and to hold on to those things. Because if you don't, if you stop for a moment, you're not going to make it out. Okay. So ultimately, I liked this series. And I genuinely do recommend it. I don't think it's great and... It's very easy to understand why people say this is definitely Yuasa's worst series. Yeah. Uh, so you said you do recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to take the opposite, and I do not recommend it. Yeah? I feel there was a lot of unnecessary stuff that I feel was just there for no reason. It just it wasn't fun to watch. Mm-hmm. If you are going to watch it, it definitely does have a very good ending. But everything in between was just kind of bleh yeah. to me. I I didn't love watching this. Yeah, and like I said at the beginning, I would rather watch a mediocre series that brings everything together in such a fantastic way because the ending was just so good in my opinion that I was just like okay this all led to this moment except again the cult thing they tried <laughs> the to bring thing. that back and yeah. I was like yeah that's still garbage but okay okay but I gotta know does kite die at the end no because it's like they make it off to be like, oh, he takes he takes the balloon up and he's dying. He's like in the freezing cold, whatever. And it seems like, okay, maybe he died. And then, you know, the one girl's in the hospital and it's like, oh, Kite uploaded a new, th- a new video. That was a preset upload. And, and it's, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm getting to. Like, and it's like a, a happy birthday thing. And, and you get to it and you realize, oh, wait, this is a preset thing. It's like, okay. <laughs> So did he die? 
mm-hmm. then later it's like, oh, Kite uploaded a new thing. It's like, okay, but did he really, or is it another preloaded <laughs> thing? Yeah, my my impression of that was that like other people took over Kite's channel and were like acting on behalf of him, but then it shows him in the video. And it shows him talking about current things. And it's supposed to be like eight years later. So either that's a virtual version of him that they created. Okay, I didn't see him in the video. Yeah, no, he is in the video. Okay. And then also in the stadium, he's sitting in the stadium. It has his face hidden. So I think it is supposed to be a little bit more amb- like ambiguous whether or not he survived. But I'm, I guarantee he survived. It didn't feel that ambiguous to me. Okay. The one thing ambiguous about Kite, though, that I do kind of want to ask is kind of this random thing that's thrown in that I actually had to, like, rewind it a little bit and rewatch it because I'm like, wait. The thing where they're like, oh, Kite doesn't believe that, you know, in luck for no, everything. No, 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 that's not it. Uh, it's actually something that comes later. So uh, in the finale, they're, like, it's supposed to be, like, eight years later and here celebrating... All of the things that made Japan great before it sank. And it's doing, like, this big, like, montage video. And we see clips from, like, all of the characters and uh, all the, like, quotes that we had seen up to this point in the series all get to be part of that montage. But we see this, like, little girl with white hair flying a kite. And the kite is Kite's logo. And at first I'm like, oh, that's one of his fans. That's super cute. But then we see the girl take off her skirt and she's wearing shorts underneath. And then it cuts to another shot of Kite with longer hair doing his first YouTube video or one of his first YouTube videos about Japan. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I rewind, rewound it. The girl flying the kite is the same person as Kite. Is Kite trans? Maybe. I think it was implying that Kite's trans. Okay. I'm down. Yeah, like, because, like, she takes off the skirt and she's wearing shorts and then she runs off and then it cuts to his YouTube video. All right. And I'm like, that's, that's Kite. I guarantee you that little girl is Kite. Sure, sure. <laughs> that's whatever. my take on it's, it. It's all out there. <laughs> Figure it out for yourself, guys. Yeah, that. That's Just my fan theory. Go, go watch it if you want. I don't fucking care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done with this show. So, I think if anything positive did come from the show, I think it's to take the time to appreciate the things that you have. Because ultimately, each of the characters learn that, like, what made Japan important to them. Even if Japan wasn't where they saw themselves in the future... Or all of them had plans to leave for the Olympics or move to another country or whatever. Or spend their entire lives living in that small town. Like, they all had some reason to be grateful for their past and where they were born and where they came from. And like I said, this whole thing felt like an ode to what makes Japan great and why people should care about Japan. And... I think the one thing that really stands out for me, because it's so repeated and is so important and plays a huge role in the finale, is take a picture. Yeah. That that t- comes up a lot. It's just like, mm-hmm. okay, let's take a picture 
and then you you kind of move on and you know other stuff happens and let's take a picture yeah and it's not even necessarily about moving on it's about again it's about holding on to that moment it's it's remembering it's it's like a um uh your past doesn't define you but Mm -hmm. it it all but it's still a part of you Mm mm-hmm and I think even when she loses her leg, it's it's still a big part of her. Like, she doesn't stop running. Which could have been avoided. <laughs> but the fact I'm that I'm never going to get over that. I know you're not. But the fact that she lost her leg was what made her such a star in the end. I can approve of that. Yeah. But, like... No, I agree. Girl... So the moral of the story is take a photo, but also please inform your parents if you have a gash in your leg that is possibly infected. Don't be the jackass and not tell anyone if you get bit by a zombie. (laughs) Yeah, so I would say all in all, I give this anime like a 7 out of 10. I don't think it's amazing, and I do think that if they just left out the cult arc or if they had refined it... It would have made the series a lot better. And I, I do think that it misses the mark on a lot of things. But I, again, I'd rather watch a mediocre anime that has a fantastic ending than watch a really good anime that just devolves into pointless bullshit by the end. <laughs> Alright. If you guys want to know, I still would say if you had to choose any Yuasa series, I would say... Devil Man Crybaby still over this. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very similar series, but just is all around better. Yeah. And I really don't think the ending is as bad as people say it is. It's not great. I actually personally liked the ending to Devil Man Crybaby. God just nukes the whole planet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I said, I don't think it's a bad ending. It's, it's not a bad ending. It's just Americans are so used to like, oh, the good guy wins. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I like Japan Sinks 2020. I don't think everybody's going to like it, and I think that's fine. And and that shows with our differing opinions on <laughs> this episode. Yeah. I it might have also been the dub. <laughs> Maybe it was the dub. Maybe the dub is just shit, guys. Watch it in Japanese. Yeah, do watch it in Japanese. I don't think it's going to make you like it. To be fair, <laughs> but do watch it in Japanese. Uh, so yeah, I I think this might be we the first time in a while we've had like such differing opinions about something though, not since Shield Hero. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> yeah, Shield Hero is an entirely different thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's good though. I there are definitely better shows to go watch on Netflix right now. Like I don't know, it's only ten episodes. I really don't think it's a waste of time. But it's it's 10 episodes, but it feels like 17. <laughs> it felt like 10 episodes for me. I don't know. And like I said, I went into this completely blind. I do think that's the ideal way to go into it. So yeah. I am going to go listen to other people's reviews. Maybe they'll sway my opinion. Maybe, maybe they'll give you a little bit more insight into the views of... Yeah, and like I said, I've seen some people like saying that this... Like, they're really praising the series and... Saying it's a very important series to watch and that everybody should at least give it a chance. And other people were like, don't fucking bother. So I've seen both sides of this. I haven't watched any of the reviews, but I've seen 
that that's basically what they're laying out their reviews to be. It's, it's one of those series that is absolutely torn on it. Like, no one's just like, eh. Everyone's just like, okay, yeah, don't bother. Or there's, yeah, go watch it. And I do think that its biggest fault right now is the fact that I do think that the series was meant to come out as, like, this big shock value thing. Like, oh my god, could you imagine if the world were just going to shit right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, coincidentally, it's almost like I've lived through it. Right. Especially because we had an earthquake less than six months ago. Yeah. And ours was like, it was, what, it was 6.1? It was like a 6.1, maybe 6.4. Something like that. I don't, like I don't that. think it hit that high. I think it was, it was, it was like... It was in the sixes. and yeah. And then there was just a whole bunch of aftershocks. We still get them sometimes at my house. Really? That's so insane. Yeah. There was one, like, less than a month ago. It wasn't, like, a full, like, rumble. It just kind of felt like somebody took my house and then just, like, kind of pushed it, like, really quickly. Like, everything in my room just kind of, like, flew off the shelves. But then it was over, like, immediately. <laughs> that was that was just Artie, the strongest man in the world, yeah. <laughs> moving your house one inch to the left. Yeah, it literally just, it just kind of felt like that feeling, like, when you're walking down, like, a hallway and somebody just pushes you. <laughs> That's literally what it felt like. It wasn't a long thing. It wasn't rumbling. It literally just, like, whip. And then I'm like, okay. And we still get those sometimes. I think our most recent one was less than two weeks ago. That's crazy. So, yeah, like, the fact that we're kind of going through, like, a lot of this shit, and it's affecting the whole world, not just Japan, and everything just kind of sucks right now, it feels like this was so downplayed. <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't like it, because it's like, you know what? Been through this shit already. Yeah. Can't surprise me now. Yeah. And maybe that's what the cult was supposed to represent. It's just the people that are just like, there's nothing going on. What the hell? There's everything's fine. Right. Why Why is everybody overreacting? So, I don't know. It just, it's not a polished series. It feels like the tragedy is very downplayed. It feels like all of the bad things are avoidable. But I think it has one of the best messages I've seen in an anime, and it's a very unique message for a survival series. Yeah. I've never seen a survival series tell you to hold on to those things. Every survival series I've ever watched ever is like, forget the past, move on, become a new person. Turn into a badass. Yeah, this is all about, like, remember where you came from, remember who you are, Remember the people that got you here. Hold on to those photographs. Do whatever it takes to not let yourself forget. Yeah. Watch this video that we filmed months ago, thinking that we'd all still be there for your birthday. And it's just, I like that. I think, if anything, it was all worth it for the last episode. Yeah. So, uh, so there you have it, guys. Mixed reviews. <laughs> Mixed reviews. That's... I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to agree, but we're not going to, and I think that's fine. And I think most of the audience is probably going to lean a bit more towards your opinion on this, to be fair. Because I don't really disagree with your opinion. I just... It's just you, you have your own opinion. Exactly. Yeah. I... So. 
Like I, said, I, I don't agree with your opinion either. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is, guys. I think it's going to fall 80-20. I think there's going to be 80% of people are going to agree with you and 20% of people are going to agree with me. And we might have, like, a uh, few stragglers. So, so there stragglers we go. There's, that... there's, there's a, throw up a poll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I there think, we go. I think that's where we sit on it. So, yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people are going to like this series, but I hope that somebody comes out of it liking it. Yeah. Or at least seeing it the way I did. And, and like I said, I can agree it's a good ending. Mm-hmm. At 100%. Just, I just don't like the rest of it. Yeah, and that's fair. And you really shouldn't have to sit through nine episodes of something you don't like just to get to one episode you do like. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think if I sat through nine episodes of something, I kind of want to get something out of it. So, oh, believe me, I it did cross my <laughs> mind of just dropping it all together and being like, I can't do this. Yeah. So. Yep, that's a thing. Yeah. Anyway. Anything else? Uh, did you have a describe an anime poorly? Uh, not for this week. I thought I did, and I forgot to write it down, so I forgot. Okay, well, there we have it. We forgot. Yeah, so if you guys have any ideas for uh, Describe an Anime Poorly, we will read it out here on the podcast. Just make sure to tweet at us at uh, KawaiiCastPod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And we will give you guys a shout-out. Yep. So, that thank you guys for listening. Yep, and thanks for listening, guys. Bye! Bye!